Hello and welcome to the Diz Unplugged Roundtable email edition for November 6, 2007. I'm Pete Werner, and we have a bunch of emails to get to you this week. We apologize that there was no email show last week. We had a freak issue with uh, the file getting corrupted. I'm not sure exactly how that happened. Pretty sure I fixed the problem. We'll find out later. But uh, before we get started, I do want to address an issue that uh, uh, we're getting, as I've mentioned before, we get a lot of emails every week. It's range, it can range anywhere from 100 to 200 a week. And in the very beginning, when we first started doing the show, we were having um, Regina answer all the emails that came in. At this point, that's not possible. And some people are getting upset that they're not getting a response to their email. And actually, a couple of people have actually gotten a little uh, little nasty. And, folks, we really try and get to as many as we can. Uh, I, as much as I would love for this to be our full-time job doing nothing but this show, that is really not the case. There's a lot of other things we have to do all week to bring this show to you, to bring the site to you, to bring everything that we do. And we simply cannot... We, I, I don't have the kind of staff to have some... I would have to have one full-time person just answering emails for the show. And that's not possible. A lot of times these emails require research and, and also... Right. It's not just... We don't have this. always have this information off the top of our head. We usually have to go in and, and do some background checking and some research. You know, another option would be to post your email on the, the Diz Unplugged discussion forums. There might be other people out there that can answer it. Or even if we see it, we can answer your Right. Question. If you have a time-sensitive question you need answered, this is not the best way. This is not the most effective way to get that done. The boards are much more effective for the time-sensitive questions that come in. We, uh, we, we try our best to read as many emails as we can, do as many emails as we can. But like I said, we are under some constraints with time and, and staff. So I'll, I'll just have to ask you folks to be as patient with us as you can be and to understand that while we're going to try and get to as many of the emails we can, there will be times we, can't, we just simply can't get to yours. And we apologize for that. But Can I end one thing? The other thing I keep hearing is that I've sent six emails. We don't pick the email based on your email address. I would love to say that we pick a different person each time. It's a lot of it is based on content. Right. It's what we think is going to add to the overall final product of the show. You know, people write to us with very specific questions that only affect them. And it's specific dates. What can I do on this specific date? We can't always answer those, especially depending on when we receive the email. So it's got to be a content thing also. You've got to send us a question that we feel we can answer and that would uh, appeal to a large range of people. And we're looking for variety, you know, of, to of topics. You know, okay. we don't want to cover the same we one see all a, the time. Yeah, right. We see a good idea. We see a good comment. Uh, we're certainly much more. We, we try and gravitate much more to those as much as we can. So, all right. With that out of the way, we're going to start off with our first as we start off with a voicemail from Rob in Maryland, who took exception to my comments a few weeks ago about Disney Cruise Line and the Bahamas. So here's, here's Rob's voicemail. Hello, Diz team, and Pete in particular. This message is in regards to your podcast, which featured Disney Cruise Line's comments regarding Freeport as a port of call. I wanted to leave a respectful response to what I feel were some horribly disrespectful comments made in regards to the people of the Bahamas. I can agree with some of your assertions. The docks in Freeport are located in an unattractive industrial area. Transportation to the port is wanting, and the activities available to cruise ship passengers are limited. I, too, am, un am uncomfortable when, when vendors grab at me, though in honesty, I've never experienced this in the Bahamas. However, your comments in regarding the baby in a box show the level of insensitivity I'm not accustomed to in your podcast. 
I have cruised the Caribbean and Bahamas many times, and just as you commented, I try to remember I am traveling in a bubble of extreme wealth and privilege. I highly doubt the baby was for sale, as was joked about on your show. Instead, I am saddened by the fact that this parent does not have the means to provide for the child and the way that most Americans can provide for theirs. This is the reality of life for many people in the Bahamas. And rather than make a joke of it, I feel we should instead be humble and honored that we have been guests in these people's country. I think that Pete's statement that he does not want to be confronted by poverty when on vacation was a sad assertion that many of us are guilty of. The world is simply not a theme park. We must be respectful of all people and sensitive to their situation. To do less only propagates the image of the ugly, rich American tourist, an image we can no longer afford in the world today. I have found the Bahamian people to be mostly wonderful. I have fond memories of the people I've met there, and I am deeply insulted for them in regards to what you said. Sincerely, Rob in Odenton, Maryland. Well, first, Rob, I, I want to thank you for, uh, for for sending in the email or the, the voicemail and uh, to say that, I well, I, I do respect your opinion and I understand your point. Uh, I don't agree, necessarily. Um, I was not trying to be... Uh, disparaging to the people of the Bahamas. This was not an ad hominem attack. A question had been asked by the Minister of Tourism for the Bahamas, what's wrong with us? Granted, that was a more rhetorical question, I think, than an actual one, but I think it's one that needs to be answered. So, And I think those of us who travel to these places on, a, on any kind of regular basis, I, I think we have a right to be able to say, these are the things I don't like, even if some of those things may come across as politically incorrect. Uh, I am not insensitive to poverty, homelessness, uh, or, or any of the things that, that plague so many uh, societies, both ours and around the world. But we're talking about vacations here. This is not a discussion of what ails the world and how we can fix it. Certainly, we should all try and do whatever we can in our own way to make uh, make the world a better place. But this is a discussion about vacations. And frankly, I'm a little fed up with being... Uh, told that, uh, as you implied in your your voicemail, that somehow I should be, uh, I should feel uh, ashamed for for thinking these things or feeling these things when I travel to these places. I'm sorry, I'm paying a lot of money to go on vacation, and if I want to go on vacation and help the poor, I'll join the Peace Corps. Um, I'm not going to go on a Disney cruise, and there is a certain experience that I think we have a right to expect. And we shouldn't have to feel guilty about it. We shouldn't be apologists because we are able to go on a Disney cruise um, or any cruise. And when we get to certain places, yes, we have a right to expect that these places are going to be clean and free from certain things. That's what we're looking for. That's what makes a good vacation. I'm not going to apologize for it. And I'm I'm just not a big fan of political correctness to begin with, but especially on an issue like this. This is a trip planning show. That's the purpose for it. Those were the purpose for my comments. I got involved in this discussion on the boards, and I keep hearing the same thing. Well, it's part of the culture. It's what's actually happening in the Bahamas. And I, have, I want to ask these people. We have homeless and people who are suffering from poverty-induced conditions. How about if we let them um, ask for money on Main Street? That would be part of our culture here in Florida, Orlando. We do have the same thing. Do you want to see that in the Magic Kingdom? I think the outcry of being allowing a panhandler or somebody looking to braid your hair on Main Street and having them touch people as you walk down Main Street would bring an entirely different set of reactions. Or better yet, I mean, if if this is what you know, if that's your idea of a good vacation, we have some wonderful 
uh, uh, soup kitchens and places, homeless shelters that are always in need of volunteers in downtown Orlando. So I'm wondering, when you come to Orlando, is that what you do? Do you go and help the homeless? Or are you are you here to be socially conscious, or are you here to have a good time? Are you here on vacation? Um, Rob sent an email about his experience, and his experience was atypical. I mean, you know, he was in an area that's no longer um, available to tourists. He said it was a garden of some sort where he was able to interact with the people that work there, and they played guitar for him, and it was so nice. And that's great. I'm glad he had a good experience. That's not what happens. That is not a typical experience in the Bahamas. That does not happen to everyone. And I just wanted to say that. I just want to pose a a different spin on this. How much of what you actually see do you think is true? I think a lot of this poverty that that is forced upon us at these islands is people who have discovered that this is a way of making a living. When you come to Orlando, there are corners of Orlando where men, well, not only men, but people panhandle, come up to your car and ask you for money. They did a research study here. The local news did a research study. These people get out of their cars, walk to these corners, make a great deal of money every day, get back in their cars and drive home. Well, it's funny you mentioned that. Just uh, Walter, my, my, my partner, works for uh, the Department of Corrections and comes in contact with um, felons and all sorts of people every day. And he had one guy tell him, now how much of this is true, I don't know, but he's had, he's had one guy tell him that he was making up to three or $400 a day. If you got the right that corner. That actually sounds low to me. There was a, a guy There was here. a guy, his name, I believe his name was Bob Morris, and he wrote for the Orlando Sentinel. And he stood on the corner of one of the busiest intersections, at, dressed as somebody who was below the poverty guidelines. And he kept little slips of paper. And there's an uh, organization here in Orlando called Mustard Seed that helps people who are homeless or people who have lost it's their homes. It's an outstanding organization. It is, most, it is an outstanding, and they deserve our support. And what he had was a little slip of paper in his, his pocket. And he went from car to car. And I forget the exact figure, but it was closer to $2,500 <gasps> he made a day. And when you gave him a donation, he handed you a little slip of paper that said you've actually just made a donation to mustard seed and they thank you he made twenty five hundred dollars i don't mean to belabor this point but we shop in a sam's a local sam's and there was always a woman who was pregnant outside as you entered sam's begging we sat there one day and watched her when it was her shift was over take the pillow out of her clothes and get into her beamer and I don't drive think the people in the Bahamas are faking. Well, it. yeah, you know, you, you walk in that uh, open I, air market. That I mean, does you happen can really here. Tell that, that does happen. It is help. right. There's very real poverty in the yeah. Bahamas. I'm not saying they're faking it, but I'm saying that I believe that there are people who have discovered that this is a way to earn a living. That not it's not just about that. That it's if I look and dress a certain way and act a certain way. I can make a living off of the money that's given to yeah, me. Yeah, and they're depending on tourism to do that. Right. Well, that's the that's the key. Is these these islands want tourism? Yeah. And, you know, I can always remember the, the time I got off the, the Disney ship and went up into Nassau. And they have this island area right in the middle of the square. And there was a dead rat right on on that uh, island. And I went shopping and, you know, police were walking by and all the different people were walking by. I came back later on in the day. That dead rat was still there. I mean... They don't. They're not taking care of their country. They for the tourism. You've got to keep. Your, you've got to keep your tourist areas clean. Clean. You have to. You know, and I'll never forget that fact that 
I, it was there all day, and no one bothered to pick it up. And to suggest it's politically incorrect to want anything different on your vacation is just, I don't know. To me, it's absurd, but right. I think we've beaten the point to death. Yep. Again, Rob, I really do appreciate your, your, your voicemail, and I do respect your comments, but we're just going to have to agree to disagree on this particular point. Uh, who's got another email they'd like to read? I have one um, from Diane Rudolph in Levinson, Levintown, Levittown. New, Levittown, New York. That's on Long Island. All right, Bob. Long Island. <laughs> she actually has a good question, and since we just did Discovery Cove, I can answer this. Um, she writes, just wondering, which you think is more worth my hard-earned $1,750? A day at Discovery Cove for my family of six or upgrading our Disney accommodations from two Pop Century rooms to two moderate resort rooms? The Disney portion of our trip will be 10 days. Keep in mind, Discovery Cove also gives us free admission to SeaWorld. Now, I would say do SeaWorld. If you were, Discovery Cove. Yeah, Discovery Cove. <laughs> if this was uh, a decision between going from a value resort to a deluxe resort, maybe go for your deluxe resort. Or if this was a uh, decision between staying off property or staying on property, go for your on property. But going from a value resort to a moderate resort, I think your experience is going to be much better. Um, I think your family's going to talk a lot more about your experience at Discovery Cove than they would um, on their experiences at a moderate resort. Your kids aren't going to re- remember a motel room. No. Right. Yeah. So that's that. Spend your 1750 Discovery Cove, SeaWorld. You'll that really brings time. it into perspective exactly how expensive a vacation yep. here in Orlando is, doesn't it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's $1,750 for one experience. Yep. Yeah. That's a lot. Yeah. It can be pricey. And it they're can. here for 10 days, so they, they can experience Discovery Cove and SeaWorld. Mm-hmm. And Disney World. And I'm yeah. not saying it's not a good value. It's just that when you put it together, when she puts it in that kind of terms, right. for six people. it makes you realize just how, right. just to add one element to your vacation or upgrade one element to your vacation right. for a family of six, you're looking at almost $2,000. That is a lot of money. And you can go back to SeaWorld up to seven days during your stay. Right. So right. you can take it easy and you know do a much more relaxed and I think you said it was $30 to add... To do a 14 consecutive day for Tampa Bay. And do Bush Gardens, too. And Bush Gardens is a great experience also. We don't talk a lot about it because it's an hour I've from... I've never been there. I've never, I've never been, been, either. been either. I have to tell you, it's a great experience. It's we should a great, go down. We should go down at some point. It's just that we don't Field get trip. a lot of comments about it or a lot of questions about it. It seems because it's in Tampa that people think if there's that barrier that you can't go that distance. Yeah. It's an hour away. Yeah. And the oh. beaches are over there, too. Cool. All right. Well, thank you, Corey. Who's got another one? I do. No, it's okay. Okay, are we going in order? You can go. All right. I tell you, she's fierce. I allow you to go. I say, I told you. (laughs) (laughs) She's an evil stepsister. I have an email from, I believe it's Jaime Montez, but it might be Jamie. I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt and tell you it's either Jamie or Jaime. From Glendale, California. And it says, I have to read this before November 29th of 2007. Hi, guys, and Mrs. Martin. I love the show. Uh, my family, my wife, and our 15 year old son, Oscar, just planned our first trip ever to Disney World on November 28th through December 5th, and we're staying at Pop Century. I have two questions. Please feel free to answer one, either one. I'm going to answer both. Is there a charge to have your souvenirs taken from the parks to our rooms, and if so, how much? Nope, that's free. And it's a great thing to take advantage of. Oh, it is. It's awesome. Yeah. It's, if you don't have to carry it, especially if you're buying something that doesn't fit in a purse or a pocket, have it sent ahead. It'll get there. They just, do really well at that. Just to clarify, that's for Walt Disney World resort guests. If you're staying off Walt Disney World property. <laughs> yeah, they're not, they're yeah. not going to bring this to like, you know, <laughs> you send this Bill's to Motel or anything. <laughs> you have to be staying on property. It's a perk. 
The second question is, we have the Disney dining plan. What are the best places for a brunch-like feast within the resorts? Thanks so much, and keep up the hard work. Yeah, it's hard work. Um, I, brunch is just really not an option at Disney World. Disney doesn't want you in the hotel eating brunch. They want you in the parks spending money. Your best bet's going to go to a late breakfast. Now, we found we talked about two just recently, Park Fair, if you wanted to hang out with the Evil Stepsisters, or Cape May Buffet is a great place, and they stop serving breakfast at about 11 o'clock. I would suggest you pick one of those places to have a um, a late breakfast, early lunch kind of thing. The other good thing is that gives you more time in the park. If you're going into the park, uh, I can't think of the name of it, the Crystal Palace offers a very nice buffet with a Winnie the Pooh theme. So if you're looking to do something like that, I would pick one of the buffet restaurants. Now, that being said, it is November 6th. You really need to start doing this. You're going to be here at a fairly... um, Actually, you're going to be here after Thanksgiving. It might not be that busy, but we are talking about a buffet that's uh, very popular. So... um, Go ahead and make your advanced dining reservations. You're going to need one to get into one of these places. Another option for uh, resort dining, it's not a it's not a brunch, but it's the pepper market at Coronado Springs. This is one of our favorites, and you, it's one of these places where you go and pick whatever you want to eat. So if someone has a preference for one type of meal over another meal, whatever it is you find, they can have that and not sort of have to do a off-the-menu type of thing. I find people are a little, inti- a little intimidated by the pepper market. It works different than any of the other food courts. When you go in, you're given a slip of paper, and you carry it around with you to all the different food stations. And when you order something, they stamp on your piece of paper what you've ordered. You don't pay for it at that time. When everybody leaves, every uh, who if dad's paying or mom's paying or there's somebody else paying, one person is paying, they just gather the slips of paper and they ring them all up for you. So uh, you don't have to go through separate lines or things like that. I have another one. Uh, on Sundays, they have the brunch at the House of Blues. Oh, the Gospel Brunch, The Gospel which is Brunch, awesome. which is awesome. They have uh, cooked shrimp and, and all kinds of stuff. We went there and we had a great time. So that that's a Sunday brunch. That yeah, Walter can, and I really enjoyed that too. I've never had brunch there. I've had I've eaten there, but I've never been to the gospel yeah, brunch. Yeah, food was terrific and the, the, the gospel show is just yeah, it's, beyond it's a lot of fun. It's great. I like gospel music. I and love that's, it. That's, I'm looking forward to the Harlem Gospel Choir coming to the, um, the MGM I, Studios this year. Well, yeah, too. But that's another option in downtown. Uh, that's a good idea. Side. I didn't think of that. So, but again, brunch is not something that Disney yeah, really pushes. Disney's not big on it at all. So, all right. Well, thank you, Kevin. And uh, I have uh, I, I'm I'm being yelled at by somebody else here, Diego, <laughs> in Fort Lauderdale. <laughs> well, he's not yelling. He's he's pointing something out. But um, and this is in regards to my discussion about uh, the T Rex restaurant. And you know, I'm not exactly a big fan of the whole rainforest cafe thing. And Diego writes, "See, there you go again with the adult point of view." You may not like the fact that the food isn't great and that it's loud. And in a way, I agree. The restaurant, based on a first test run they did, doesn't look too hot. But uh, this is for kids. Kids will love T-Rex. And even though I'm not necessarily a kid, I would like to see the restaurant. And I'm willing to put up with mediocre food as long as I'm entertained and my family has a good time. I think that you guys, and don't get me wrong, I love you. uh, But you're seeing these things only from from an inappropriate point of view. And uh, I, I understand where you're coming from, Diego, but I just want to reiterate what my belief is, that just because your children are entertained is not enough to justify mediocre food. 
for what you're paying to be here, for what you're paying to come on vacation here, you have every right to expect that your children will not only be entertained, but that you're going to be fed decent food for the kind of money they're asking you to pay. And I don't think that's too much to ask. But at some point in time, it really does seem like parents in America reach a point where quality no longer matters as long as their kids are, in, are, are, are happy. And that's great. I and mean, that's a very loving approach, and I appreciate that. But you know what? I think you should be well-fed and your kids should be well-entertained all at the same time, especially if you're going to pay the kind of prices that the Rainforest Cafe and Landry's restaurants in general want to charge on property. So that's my point. I understand this is for kids. I understand there's a component to that. But I think it's time that we as fans need to start raising the bar on some of this stuff a little bit because we're the ones having to pay for this 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 constant stream of mediocrity that seems to come out of those restaurants. I also have a problem with the fact that kids need to be constantly stimulated 24/7. You're in Walt Disney World. I could understand if you were in like Ocala National Forest and this was the only restaurant and you said if as long as we're going to eat Let's entertain the kids, too. But you're not. If your kids need to be entertained, step outside the restaurant. They're, it's going to be next door to Legoland. They can be entertained there for free. Yeah. <laughs> you don't have to pay $15 for a cheeseburger to have your kids entertained. You're in Disney World. Exactly. The other problem I have is another mediocre restaurant, in my opinion, is a lost opportunity for something better. Exactly. Why would you settle for crap when you can demand something better? And then everybody could be happy. The people who just want to eat could go and have good food. The people who want to be entertained could have good food. It doesn't have to be an either-or situation. Whether you're 6 or 60, you deserve to have something decent on your plate as if you're paying for it. Precisely. I'm done. <laughs> so, Diego, I appreciate the uh, Come on, Diego. Appreciate I'm the ready. email. Appreciate the email. It's feisty today. Yeah, I'm telling you, Kevin's all, all up in arms. So, all right, who's next? I have one from Trisha from Pelly, Saskatchewan, and she says, I know that you're having to meet the team, get together on the 6th and 13th of December. Unfortunately, they're not going to be able to be there at the time uh, since we have a Change your plans. Yes, rebook, <laughs> rebook, uh, which is too bad uh, because my husband and I would love to meet you all. Your, your podcast brings us a lot of joy every week. My question is, I understand that... You all are fortunate enough to visit the world on a regular basis, and I was wondering, do y'all mind if uh, fans of the podcast see you and stop and say hi, or would you rather not be interrupted while spending your time in the parks? Don't just, touch me. Just curious, should we happen to spot any of you? We would love to just say hi. Secondly, do you all sport the Diz Unplugged logo when at the parks? I personally don't mind. I've had... Many people approach me uh, when I'm on cot cam. The Babarazzi. The Babarazzi. The Babarazzi. <laughs> uh, I'm loving that. When the first day of Food and Wine Festival, I happened to uh, get stopped by uh, a very nice lady, Kathy from New Jersey, and her mother. And we actually took time, and she actually sat on uh, cot cam uh, and had a picture with me. So, and she. What you're laughing? No, I'm not laughing. She was she she very nice woman. So we don't mind that, and you never know. I might have something in the on the cot to. Don't pass you out. say anything. 
I won't say anything. All right. I'm not oh, saying what. Say it. It? I can't no. say what I don't know. These are secrets? But yes. Yes, because we're going to do this at the podcast meet. And I okay. think anybody who's going to make the effort to come see us should get something that no one else knows about yet. We can talk about it afterwards. Okay. Oh. Come on. You ready? <laughs> but y- you do you want to meet Kevin uh, in the parks? <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like so Well, there's a difference. I don't ride around on a scooter with Christmas lights screaming, I'm Bob from the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) I do have license plates. (laughs) I I guess I'm a little more subtle. No, I don't walk around spotting the logo. He's like one of those planes you see over the beach. He's got a banner streaming behind him. So I guess I might be a little harder to find. I walk around with the big floppy hat and the, uh, the head scarf and the big... Jackie O sunglasses. I was just gonna say they think you're like Jackie Li- O. Like Liza coming out of Betty Ford. <laughs> okay. I have an invisible force field. You get too close, you get zapped. Oh. <laughs> okay, okay Shira, calm down. <laughs> okay, Tri- Trisha. No, we. Um, I, I don't I, mind I don't, people can, approaching. Not at all. <laughs> I, I, I can absolutely say the one time that it happened uh, where somebody approached me, they saw my podcast shirt. Um, it was it was a real it was a real uh, a real thrill for me. Honest yeah. to God, it was a real thrill. Um, it was so cool. Just you, I wasn't expecting it. Walter and I had just walked into Epcot, getting on Spaceship Earth, and this lady stops. And I know that. I listen to that show every every Tuesday. And I was like, oh, my God, that's so cool. Hmm. I mean, so. another uh, couple that approached me, they were from the U.K., and then another one from Ireland. I mean, these people are coming up and, and know me from all over the world. Well, the Europeans are less afraid, so, yeah, they'll come. the, the Europeans <laughs> will come right up to you. But, but the Americans, Americans are probably a little more... A little more no, gun shy of the, the creepy, the creepy guy on the cart. And if you can find John in the park, it's like, where's Waldo? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he just is invisible in the park. So, so Trisha, anytime just you see me, just if you can catch me. Yeah, absolutely. Cat. If you see anybody with a podcast shirt on, you should always stop and say mm-hmm. hello. You never know if it's going to be one of us. Or throw not, a so. rock at me or something to catch my attention. Well, we do oh, that. That sounds like fun. But we do that. I just, might do that, too. We just do that for sport. See? There's, there's, a, there's sport out there for you. There me. is. So, all right. Well, thank you, Bob. Thank you, Trisha. Who else? Um, I have one from Soccer Mom Sherry. She's from San Diego. She says, just wanted to let you know how much your podcasts are helping me get my life back to normal after the horrible fires here in San Diego forced us to evacuate our home on October 22nd. We returned home after two and a half days away with much to put away. I turned on past podcasts to give me something to listen to. With nothing on the radio but fire coverage, listening to all of you banter back and forth was therapeutic in a way. I'm not even sure I heard what was being said. It was just comforting to hear familiar voices having fun. Somehow it let me let go of some of the shock I still felt even though I was home and safe and sound. So thanks again from a lucky San Diegan and diehard Dizzer. Hmm. That puts things in perspective. It really does. It really does. And I'm glad you're all right. I'm glad your home and family are all right. And I know that a number of our listeners were really affected by those fires. And uh, we continue to keep you in our thoughts and our prayers and hope that uh, everything was all right. An awful lot of people lost their homes. In the San Diego um, area. Especially was really in the San bad. Diego area. was really hard hit. And, uh, but you know what? The, they, get, they get big props. California gets big props for how they handled that whole thing. Boy, they really had it. I think a lot of states have learned their lesson from Katrina. It's just a shame yeah. that we had to learn that lesson. Yes, it, yes, is. it really it is. is a shame. It is in this in this country in this day and age. You're yeah. absolutely right. It's a shame. Just hoping all of our friends out in California are uh, are doing well and are safe. So thanks very much for that. Who's next? I have another one. You raise your hand first. You go first. Go ahead, okay, I'm going to go then. But I'm after him. Okay. I have one from Chris Burns in St. James, New York. 
Question. My wife and I will be annual pass holders for our next trip and have a question. I understand the AP discounts for Walt Disney World Resort hotels, but can I combine this with free dining if it's offered? I think I may not be able to take advantage of both free dining and the annual pass holder discount. Chris, you are correct. You cannot combine discounts. Uh, In this uh, instance, annual pass holder discounts are just on the room portion of a reservation. So if you have a room reservation, you can apply an annual pass discount. Same thing with things like Florida resident and military discounts. If you want to add dining to a reservation, then it becomes a package and has to go through the Walt Disney Travel Company to be booked. They don't allow the combining of discounts. Free dining would be a discount. Because it's a package, you can't apply the AP discount. Um, Chances are very good that if they're running the free dining promotion, you won't find annual pass holder discounts. Well, they usually they will have them at the same time. But again, because annual pass holder is just for resort, there's no way you could put the two together. This is where Disney becomes very, very complicated yeah. in that it has two different booking companies, one for just rooms, one for just packages. And if you want tickets, you can add tickets to a room, but it's you know done a, through a different way. So, um, yeah, just keep in mind you can't combine discounts. And the other thing is don't we, – we try to advise people, don't get your hopes up for free dining. So many people plan around this free dining thing, and they, oh, there's going to be free dining, there's going to be free dining. And if it doesn't occur for the dates they're going to travel, they get very upset. And it doesn't make any sense to me to pin your hopes on this. Sometimes they don't get the hotel they want. Right. Right, because the hotel sells out. So, you know, go to Walt Disney World, have a good time, have a great vacation, book what you can afford, and then if something like free dining happens, add it and have it be a, a nice bonus for you. Great. Thank you very much, John. All right, we have another voicemail. Annette from Virginia has some questions about the Adventurous Club, the kids' club over at Disney's Polynesian Resort. So here's Annette. Hey, guys. This is Annette from Richmond, Virginia, Annette VA on the boards. I have a question about the kids' clubs. My boys are going to the Neverland Club one evening, and they're signed up for 6 p.m. to 10 p.m. My husband and I will be headed down to the Adventurous Club for that evening. Do you know what Disney's policy is if we're delayed in our return, like if we have to wait forever to get a bus or a taxi? Is there an additional fee if you're late picking up your kids, or is the pickup time flexible? Thanks a lot. I look forward to meeting y'all at the meet on December 13th. Thanks. Annette, if you come back and, and you pick your children up past the scheduled time that you told them, they're only going to charge you for, um, for what you've used. So I think it's $11 per hour. Um, they'll, so they'll just charge you for what you use. They don't actually start charging um, a late pickup fee until after 12 o'clock, which is $11 every 15 minutes. They, um, they actually just require you tell them how long you're going to be to give the children an idea. If they, if they ask, you know, where's mom, where's dad, they can say, well, they're, they're coming back in about 30 minutes. So that's the only reason they really need a the sort of block of time. But no, you can, you're fine. Have fun till 12. What was if you never pick your kids up? How much do they charge you? Yeah, right. Yeah, they put them in $11 dollars every 15 minutes. <laughs> Angelina, Angelina Jolie is going to adopt them. $44 an hour times what, how many other days they... They, they put them in Small World. Yeah. Dress them up. Sing, darn you. <laughs> Have fun at the Adventurers Club. Cool. All right. Thank you very much for the question, Annette. And we have another... <laughs> Oop, there's Max. Max. Max has a question. Max has a comment to make. Max is saying hello to Anthony. (laughs) Um, Our next uh, voicemail is from Stephanie in Massachusetts. She has a question about the Fantasmic Dinner Package at uh, Disney MGM Studios or whatever the heck they're calling it now. Here's uh, here's Stephanie. 
Hi, Diz Unplugged crew. This is Stephanie in Massachusetts. I was calling to ask a question. I wanted to know what your thoughts were on the Fantasmic dinner package and if you thought it was worth it. And if you did, which uh, restaurant in particular was worth it. Um, if you do not think it's worth it, I was wondering what your thoughts were on a good place to eat before going to see Fantasmic. We had gone to 50s Primetime before and enjoyed it, but wanted to try something different. And was, I was curious as to what your thoughts were. Stephanie, um, I think the Fantasmic dinner package is a great idea. You don't have to stand in that line waiting to get in. You're backdoored into the theater. You get to go in and they have some great seats for you already reserved. And if you're asking my opinion, I would tell you to eat at the Brown Derby. I think it's the best restaurant in MGM, if not one of the best restaurants on Disney property. I, I don't know that anybody here would disagree with me. Do any no. of you disagree? No. no. I agree. Yeah. No, sir. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's Julie. You have to say that. To oh, okay. <laughs> so, yeah, we think it's a great idea. Go have a good time and enjoy your dinner. I'm a little envious. <laughs> Great. Well, thank you for the question, Stephanie. All right. Who has another email they'd like to read? I have one from our first official Asian listener. Cool. His name is Greg, and he's from Singapore. He says he's been downloading the disc for about a year, and he does live in Singapore. He just returned from Hong Kong Disneyland, where he used the podcast to keep him company on his plane rides, and he travels all over Asia, and he says the podcast has been a great companion on his plane trips. So he says thanks. You know, for the right price, I'll keep him company on the plane trips. <laughs> yeah, we'll all come with you and yeah, really. give you a live show. So I thought that was cool. You I know, mean, we're always asking for listeners around the world, and especially when it's from, you know, places that we really aren't that familiar with. Exactly. Have you heard the news? I just going to mention that. I, this is a news story that they've announced that there's going to be a new park in Kuala Lumpur. Yeah, I heard something, you? yeah. So it's much for that no new parks speech. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So... Jay Rasula was lying to us. He was. So, all right. Well, thank you, uh, Julie. I have another one. Uh, mine is from... <laughs> what? Sorry. God. I said I was next before, <laughs> and she went ahead of me. <laughs> I have one from Sharon in Salina, Kansas. My husband and I just returned from two glorious weeks at our favorite place, and I had to write and thank you for the various bits of advice and wonderful tips I've gotten while listening to your podcast. Uh, we... Uh, we, a special thanks to Kevin, that's me, we made reservations at the Rose and Crown based on some things he said and had a wonderful evening, including a great view of the fireworks. Also, we got only got the IDR because of a tip we learned from the podcast. When I was told there wasn't a table for two, I asked, is there an opening for three? And lo and behold, there was. I was already, I already have an ADR for Narcissus for our December trip based on your reviews. I'm really looking forward to it. Sharon, I'm really glad you used the, 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 the tip we gave you. I think it's really terrible that Disney does that. They tell you no, that there's no tables available. I'm of the firm belief that if you're the next person online and there's an available table, it's yours. You should get it, exactly. Whether there's two or three of you. I just think that's anything you have to do to jump that hurdle, I think it's fine. That worked for me this past week for getting something at Epcot. And if I can just mention one thing, Pete, that I didn't realize until I went to make the ADR is... If at Epcot, if if the park is open later than the nine o'clock time, that they they're taking ADRs for some of these restaurants, uh, like Japan was past the nine o'clock time, and I didn't, I never realized it until I I asked them, and they said, well, nine thirty, uh, quarter of ten or ten o'clock, and I said, huh? 
what was that all about? And they, they told me, with the extra hour, extra magic hours, you can do that. Oh, okay. So and I just wanted to pass that on to people. So, yeah, use whatever trips you, tr- tricks. Use yeah. whatever tricks you need to get the reservation you want. And you're going to love Narcoosies. You are. That's a great restaurant. Mm, I agree. All right. Thank you very much, Kevin. And I have one here from David Parfit in Rochester, New York. He writes, greetings, podcast team. I'm leaving for a trip to Washington, D.C. to run the Marine Corps Marathon. As I mentioned in an earlier email, I've taken the podcast along for many of my long runs, and I've downloaded the latest podcast in case I need something to listen to during the race. I'll be running with a group of runners that met here on the Wish section of the Diz boards, and we have a very prominent Wish Diz t-shirts that we race in. Thanks for all your hard work. Thanks for the site, and thanks for getting me through a rough fall. I'll let you guys know how the race goes. And I think that's great. Now, if you're not familiar with uh, our Wish discussion forum, it's uh, We're Inspired to Stay Healthy. And it's basically just a group of Dizzers who uh, give each other support and share advice and tips on ways to lose weight, improve your, improve your health. It is certainly something I could benefit from. I should probably spend a little time on that board. But I think that is so cool, a group of Dizzers getting together and doing something like this. I think that's awesome. He sent an email and let us know he finished two minutes under his goal time. Yep. David sent a follow-up email and let us know how well they did. And they had such a great time. All the Dizzers got together. I'd love to see some pictures. If you guys have some pictures of that, David, I'd love to see. I was just about to say that I was looking through our photo post uh, gallery on the Diz, and I ran into a bunch of the Wish uh, photos from that that meet. Oh, we'll put a a link up uh, on the site then. I just realized, I just found out today when I read David's email, it... That wish stands for we're inspired to stay healthy. Yeah. I didn't say. I I should pay attention. Probably should. (laughs) Maybe so. Sorry. (laughs) Yeah, that was started. That that board has been around. That board's been on on the site almost from, it was probably in the second wave, second wave of forums that we added, uh, second or third wave of forums. So it's been around a long time. Didn't Kelsey come up with that? Kelsey was one of the original. Yeah. uh, yeah, I was one back of the original in founders, Massachusetts yes. when that happened. And uh, what a great, uh, what a great story, what a great success story that board has been. Yeah. Of all the boards we have on the site, I look at that one. That's the one that really makes me proud because I see people really doing something positive um, for that's themselves uh, with with that and helping each other. I just thought th- think that's incredible. And it's so. a real family on that board too. It certainly is. It certainly is. All right. Well, thank you again, Dave, for that. And Corey, you have one. I have one from Eric from Hoboken, New Jersey. Hoboken. <laughs> Hoboken. 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 Okay, I'm not from New Jersey. <laughs> he was just accepted Uh-oh. into the Walt Disney World College program um, in a role in transportation, and he wants to know more about that role. Um, and he also wants to know how to get from the airport to, uh, to Vista Way because he doesn't think his car is going to make it. Um, and he also has another question. I'm going to answer all these. Um, he's a, he asked a question about the non-costume cast members. I know I have to dress up a certain way to go to class, traditions, and some sort of meeting and stuff like that. Do I have to keep this dress code on my days off when I visit the parks? No, you don't. Um, the transportation role, you're going to be dealing with the monorail, not driving it, probably loading and unloading, um, crowd control, stuff like that. You're also going to be dealing with water transportation to and from the resorts to the parks. Again, I don't think you're going to be driving the, the boats, but you'll probably be more unloading and loading. Um, for those who don't know, college program is a, is a program where college students can come to Walt Disney World and work in an entry-level job for the, for the summer, fall, spring. It's, it's, a really, it's a really good experience. And 
driving, getting to the Vista Way or wherever you're staying from the airport, just get a get a taxi, get a van, or use a town car service. Uh, depending on how much stuff you have, if you're bringing a TV down, without you, without you flying with it. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, there's, there's plenty of um, options for you to get to and from the airport. Corey, what kind of stuff did you bring with you when you on college program? I drove, um, and I. I had that Mazda protege packed to the roof. <laughs> with, I had I brought my speakers down, my stereo system, my TV. You really have an advantage if you drive you know, over flying. All the necessities. Did you need that, or did you find that you guys had no? I did, I, I'm glad we did because you know we uh, nobody else brought a TV. I mean, they, you have a TV there, but this one was bigger. He might he might also want to consider renting a U-Haul. And, driving and just driving down that way. The U-Hauls are really expensive lately that I've found. And really? With the gas prices and all the tolls and everything. Yeah, and he's a college student. I, I, wanna, I, I just want to say that like when Erin used to go to college, we would set her up so that she had her bare essentials with her and what she absolutely needed, especially if you're on a, getting on a plane and just bring what you need. And then some of this stuff, it's it's cheaper to just go to Walmart or, or somewhere else and, and buy it down here rather than try to bring it down with you, you know? I will say that it was very convenient having your own vehicle and not relying on uh, Disney to transport you to and from your, your, uh, your apartment or your roommates. You, that was that was a big plus, having your own car. But if it's not going to make it, then yeah. it's going to do you no I good. I mean, you, you make friends with people that have cars first. Corey, did you find that people in, who shared the room with you took care of your stuff, or did stuff get ruined? No, they, they did. Yeah, everybody respected everybody's stuff until you throw a party. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Well, thank you very much for, for that, Corey. Who else? Anybody? I have one from Amy. And uh, Amy is from Allen Park, Michigan. And she says, I'm bringing a fa- uh, my family down for a grand gathering at the Beach Club Villas on November 30th for five days. It's it's a first trip for her grandmother or, or the grandmothers and stepfather and sister. My mom hasn't been to Disney since 1988. Uh, me and my kids, well, we're Dis- uh, DVCers, so you know how often we go. It is, however, first family vacation for all of us together and a first trip for us at Christmas time. My mother and I would uh, like to have a family portrait taken while we're there to commemorate the trip. I've had mixed experiences in the past with PhotoPass photographers and getting decent pictures, so I'm nervous about relying on them to capture my family in one or two decent shots. I recently heard on your webcast about the picture session at Grand Floridian, but don't know of anyone yet who has utilized the service to learn about their experience. I will answer that front. Uh, I watched when I was at the Magic Kang- Kingdom for uh, Halloween night. The Kingdom? The, <laughs> the Magic K. <laughs> yeah, the MK. And uh, they did a photo session for the Bibbidi Bobbidi Boop. Boutique uh, people, and you've experienced that too, where mm-hmm. they did the the posing of the shots and afterwards. So, and I watched them do the posing, and they did a really good job. You're talking about the portrait, the portrait, the portrait photographs yeah. that they take after the so, boutique session. Yes. So there are the photographers out there for these special things. Are you suggesting they all get boutiqued? No, I'm not saying that. But I I watched them doing the posing and and then they go over and they check the pictures afterwards at the at the 
uh, stand that they can see the photos. The, at the Grand Floridian, you can actually get everybody there and do the do a pose, and I'm I'm sure they're going to do a good job for you. You know, you have a 20 minute session that needs to be booked 30 days out. I don't know if you can still get time to book it, uh, but I suggest you you book it soon. Uh, the phone number for that is four zero seven eight two four one seven zero zero. And one of the things I recommend, you know, you before you go to the session where it is a twenty minute session that you take and you talk to everybody in the family and figure out where you're going to, you know, stand and everything beforehand. So when you get in there, you know, you have some sort of idea or everyone's not running in different directions. So uh, I, I see it as a positive thing. It's something new. So I'm sure that people are going to be, you know, doing a good job over there. One of the other things um, she mentioned about the Christmas parade, I, just to let you know that, that's already sold out, and uh, for people that are going to be staying, you know, to be part of the parade and get you in the TV show, so you can go do something else at another park on that Saturday. Uh, Pete, while I was doing the research on this, the the pass, the the photo pass, I was looking at some of the other options where you can make a, a CD and do actually a movie-type thing, and you get to add, like, 120 pictures, and people should check it out. I'm going to do some more research in the next month or so and come back with, a you know, an update on the PhotoPass thing because there's a lot of stuff in there that looks interesting. Okay. Good. Well, thank you very much, Bob. Appreciate that. And I think that's going to do it for this week's show. We hope you enjoyed it and we'll be back with you again next Tuesday with another edition of the Diz Unplugged. You guys have a great week.